Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. Today's show, I'm joined by my favorite sex therapist and friend, Dr. Hernando Chavez, to bring you into Anal Pleasure Month the right way. We'll be discussing some of the myths and taboos about anal sex, how to prep for it, how to get the most pleasure possible from your backdoor explorations, and also answering your emails. Thanks for listening. Okay, guys, turn your volume down for the next minute. I need to tell the lady something. Go ahead. Trust me. It's for your own good. All right, ladies. It's just us now. I have news for you. Your guy loves to masturbate. Hey, it's natural, healthy, and necessary. Let him know that not only is it cool with you, but that you want him to really enjoy it. Surprise him with the number one selling sex toy for men. Get him a flashlight. Fleshlight's toys feel so real that they're truly the next best thing. They have models created for every preference you can think of. Models that are perfect for travel, and one of our favorites, the quick shot. It's an open-ended sleeve that we like to call the handjob helper. And don't think your guy is the only one who will benefit from a flashlight. Their famous stamina training unit is all about helping guys learn to last longer. This is the gift that keeps on giving. So if you really want to turn him on, turn him on with a flashlight. It'll be a surprise he won't forget. Just go to sexwithemily.com and click on the flashlight banner right now. into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where you can do so many things on our site. You can shop with Emily. We've got a little shop tab. You can buy some toys. You can also send us an email directly from the website using the Ask Emily tab. We update it every day with content and fun things and blogs and videos so you can have better sex. And while you're there, you can also easily follow us on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which is facebook.com slash sexwithemily. Also, we're on YouTube. God, we're everywhere. And you can also download the show on Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And I'm here with my friend, Hernando, Dr. Chavez. Hello. Emily, hello. You're like playing my little co-host today. I know. I mean, you're We kicked out Menace. We're like, you know... He can't do anal like you can. You're, you're like all over social media and the internet. You're like everywhere but Grinder. I'm not a Grinder yet. Not yet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. But, you know, I've done a little Tinder dabbling, oh, Bumble okay. dabbling. Yeah. How about you? How's your how's your dating life? Uh, the Tinder and Bumbling is, uh, you know, the swipe left, swipe right. Uh, it, it's up and down. I know. You love it. You hate it. You're on it for three months. You get off it. You come right back. It's like uh, it's like that uncle you can't stand. I've been trying. Exactly. I've been trying to come up with a term <laughs> because I talk to my friends all the time and, the, and mostly my girlfriends. But it's interesting interesting that you're saying this. They're like, I deleted all my apps. And then they're like, three months later, they're back on the apps. And I want a term for that. Like, what's that called a, when you sign? Everyone does it. It's like, I'm over it. And then they're like, I'm going to go back on Tinder. We all do it. We all I mean, do it. Well, I, I just did it ugh, like a year and a half ago. And then I just started doing it again. But it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I, I don't know if this happens with, with uh, women, but for the guys, we have a lot of fake profiles. So you'll swipe, you get a match, you're excited, and then you'll get oh, this like request you, no, we to go don't get to some that. random website that's about, it's probably a, a sex website or a webcam website. And you can't tell if they're fake at first, the pictures? So you start picking up on which ones look a little fake and right. like the profile. I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. No, we don't have any guys saying like, like male prostitution or anything. Right, right. No, we don't have that. Unfortunately, that'd be fun. But I thought it was interesting because I just went on Bumble, which is the app where women, it's kind of one of those swipe apps and where women have to send the first message if you match. Mm-hmm. And I found that very interesting because I've never done that. I've never like had to send the first message. And I just was thinking to myself, God, I've never done this. What do you say? And I thought about all the advice I give men. And I was like, I'm not going to be like, hey, hey, sexy, nice abs. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be smart and funny. I'm going to look at, read something in their profile, show that I read it. Because guys still do that. Right. They're like, hey, 
hey, what's up? And, and now you know it's not that easy it's, to make that first move, that icebreaker. It is. I was like, I don't know. And then, and then but in Bumble, they time you 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So what were some good messages? Do you know that you got from girls? Like, did you ever get a bad message that you didn't respond or? You know, I, uh, most of the time, if someone just says hi and you know, I want to get to know you, that makes me happy. I don't need like anything too profound or poetic. Or, oh, or, I wrote poems. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did once get somebody who found out I was a therapist and they probably wrote about 50 messages in a row about how awful their therapy experience was and how much they... But it, it turns out they, I think they had some difficulties, some like mental health struggles. Right, right. Yeah. And they kept saying, hey, hey, you, can you help me? They want you to be a therapist. But I mean, well, what works for you? So a guy, you know, let's say it's Tinder and he wants to say hi to you. I mean, what's like the... I can tell it- you it doesn't work. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, if you just say hi, it depends how many matches. I, mean, I don't know if hi just doesn't... I'm not saying I'm going to like write someone off for that, but typically if it's just something that shows they read my profile and it's like something smart or like... Not even smart, just they noticed it. Like, oh, so you you went to, you know, Michigan and pretty cold. I don't even know what. I mean, just show that you read it and just like, hey, beautiful. Like, don't do that. And don't just be like, hi. I mean, I don't know. I guess we match. So you're th- like, I don't know how many matches you get. Like, I feel like women get a lot more matches because guys, a lot of guys just tend to swipe on everyone. So sometimes you get a lot and they're like, hey, hey, hey. You know, and then I'll look at their pictures again. And I'm like, oh, I match with them. But typically just to show that you have like a sense of humor or that you read something. It doesn't have to be anything like. Yeah. particularly profound but just take a moment I find be this smart one, I find this one too happens a lot like once you do make that match and you do have some contact and communication a lot of people don't want to turn it into real life a lot of people want to keep it into text and I'm always you know within the first at least three four five days of me texting somebody yeah I, you're I, like okay I'm like hey you want to meet for a drink or you want to go uh you know I want to get to know you. And then what happens? Does it go dark sometimes? Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes you get a little ghosting and then they might come back later. Uh, But I also find that a lot of people are juggling so many different folks that like sometimes you don't have the time to go catch a drink with you and maybe go hike with you and lunch with you. And then there's just so much opportunity to meet so many people that you're kind of like, it's like... Yeah, you're like a, a in competition with the yeah, rest of the no, Bumble universe. Yeah, no, it's true. That's the thing is that there are, I mean, I would say if anyone's like looking to date, they can't find anyone, I say, why not date online? Try it, see if you like it. Because it's just like in life, you can go out and you can meet many people, bump into them at the coffee shop or, you know, I always say coffee shop, the bar, wherever. But this just increases your odds. It's a lot of it's a numbers game. So yeah. you might as well try online dating and see like, if you like it. Remember like the old days when they used to say like, oh, you should meet a nice person at church or yeah. you can go to the library. <laughs> yeah. And- Exactly. Never okay. once ever met post anybody. Office, never, met, never met anybody at the library. No, that's true. But I feel like, um, but yeah, that is the other thing that everyone's saying is, which I think is true, is that there are so many options. You had a date with someone and while you're on that date, you could be matched with 10 more people and you're like, it was a good date. But the thing is, with dating, like it takes a while to get to know someone. Maybe the first date, you know, you might want to give it a second date or the first message wasn't great. You just kind of, I hear, I think people think, well, it wasn't great, so I'm just going to keep going and because yeah. there's so many options. So that's a good time I think, for dating. I think I'm, in my heart, I'm a little old school. I like the in-person meeting. I still like Me being at a, a, a bar or out at you know someplace and you see somebody and you just go up to them and you just spark up a conversation and you buy them a drink or you uh, you just... You in know. person. No, if you can do that, if you go out enough and meet people and do that. and mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to go out more. I mean, I do go out now and then. But you also, I mean... Oh, I see you all. I go you're out. All, you're all over Hollywood. I'm all over Hollywood. Yeah, but um, also... Instagram posts of you. But I think you said a good... Made a good... <laughs> what did you say? Instagram post? Everyone's like, your life. I'm like, totally. it's Instagram. You're like, you're like in Frisco. You're in Cancun. You're in like all these different countries. Four months ago with my mom, <laughs> I was in Cancun. It was fun. No, but I think it's interesting. I think you should have a time limit on... If you meet someone on Tinder or wherever, wherever, even match, however you're meeting them... Or you met him at a bar and you've been texting for two weeks. I feel like either make a plan or get out of that. Like, why right. waste your life texting with someone you're never going to meet? So when you ask this girl out and then silence, like, just keep moving on, right? You're right. like, like, and I think you should try to meet as soon as possible. Because it's just, you can never get that time back. Texting takes forever. Like, mm-hmm. I looked at it, I'm like, I've been texting for two hours. I'm exhausted. Like, just, it's a waste of our time. It's sucking our life away texting. Like, I'd rather just, like, pick up the phone. Now I'm back to the phone. You're I back. used to hate the phone. You're I'm back. like, I don't want anyone to call me. Now I'm like, let's just get this over with in, like, a minute. Hang Good. up. I'm calling you from now on. Don't call me. But, no. <laughs> I'll call you. Um, but, um, yeah. So, I'm glad you're here because it is anal sex month. Happy anal sex month. Every August, it comes around and uh, the back door. And I thought no better person than Dr. Hernando Chavez, who you're a therapist. You see patients, clients. What do you call them? Uh, Everything. Clients. Yeah. Clients. And um, 
which I love that you do that. And people come to see you for, what would you say is the most common things people come see you for? You know, I have a split practice, so half of it is alternative sexuality. They could be fetishist, kinky, into non-monogamy, um, and the other half will be about sexual concerns. So they might have couples issues, intimacy difficulties, maybe their penis is not cooperating like they'd like to, or you know, their vagina or vulva is you know, uh, not cooperating as well. So it's just people who want to improve their sex life. Right. That's great. I'm glad they can find you. You can also find Hernando. It's uh, drhernandochavez.com. That's C-H-E-V-E-S. Chavez. It'll also be on our website, Instagram and Twitter, Hernando underscore Chavez. So, and we're, if you want to see us, we're going to be at Catalyst Con on the, you'll be there the 15th to the 18th. We're going to be there together September 15th doing something. You and I. We're going at to have Catalyst Con, which is a conference, sex conference, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-C-O-N.com. What are we doing there? That's I can't right. remember. You and I are going to do a joint presentation on uh, sex toys, sex education, manufacturing, and sex therapy, and how we can all work together Ooh. to help each other out and support each other um, for better sexual health and awareness and pleasure for people and I love it. The world. Can people come say hi? Anybody can come. It's open I'm to the excited. public. The conference, you'd have to purchase a registration, but for this event, it's uh, open to the public. It'll be on Thursday before the conference. And we're just hoping that it's going to create some awareness. Yeah. If you want to come here, Emily and I speak, uh, come check us We've out. We've done speaking. We've done some talking. We're done. And um, so, so let's move into a little anal sex because um, last year around this time, we were holing up in my apartment. Um, that sounds so dirty. <laughs> Your listeners are like, what the hell are these two doing? This is... Holing. Clarify that. Clarify holing. that. Holing. No, we were not. We were not having sex. We were no. not. No. Mind sex. But mind sex. Mind we were sex. mind effing each other but you can swear it's fine but I try not to often but we were um, I was prepping for an anal sex workshop and Hernandez a lot of workshops and I was like I'm just so much better working with you with someone one on one and we put together you know we talked a lot about anal and um, you're an anal connoisseur I'd have to say that uh, that's my favorite coffee shop to go to yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite latte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought we could just do a little rundown here. These are like common questions. You know, people are really, you know, obsessed. A lot of people are kind of obsessed with anal sex too and like want to know like, you know, what do you think like the the appeal is or why people are so obsessed with it? Well, I think part of the the appeal about anal sex is also because it's in that area of the butt. And I think there's a lot of, there's, there's boob men, there's butt men, there's, you know, people who have different parts of the body. But when you're really into the ass, um, anal just makes sense. And so for a lot of people, especially uh, Latin guys like myself or black guys or people of color, you know, different cultures, it just seems to be like this desire to want to engage with like the curvature and the hourglass sort of nature, you know, area of... Look, he's like, he's like gripping an ass I, right now I'm, as he's talking. It's I'm very sexy. He's like the ass, the ass, the ass. I'm like, wow. I'm making like melons in my hand. <laughs> but, and so I think that it, it, it for people that physical um, arousal does transfer into a lot of their, their desires. Uh, and then also anal has this wonderful taboo sort of context to it that really does, I think, get under people's skin and psychologically just get them excited and aroused. Because because of the taboo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And um, people always want to know, like, how do I do it better? Or they're afraid of it. We're going to be answering some emails about it. But let's just break down some of the like the myths, let's say, or taboos, um, fears. The butt is exit only, not for pleasure. You know, we hear that, like, why do anal... You know, and you can like have so many, you have, you have the vagina or it's not even an erogenous zone. Mm -hmm. Not true. Not true. It can be, for some people, it might be painful. They don't want, I mean, it might be not an erogenous zone, but for many, many it is. And um, a lot of pleasure from it. I think a lot of people never give it a chance. Right. And they, they have it in their mindset already that, hey, this is not a place where I should go to, that the exit only sort of philosophy is what I live and stand by. And they don't even experiment and explore. And imagine if we just denied ourselves from trying out something that could be so enjoyable or pleasurable. It, it, I always use the uh, the sushi metaphor. Like how many of us did not want to try sushi that first time? Yeah, I didn't. Like raw fish, are you kidding me? Like no, I'm not eating that. Like cook it, right. please. And then all of a sudden, how, how many times do you uh If I could, I would eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. I love sushi. What's your You're right. favorite kind of sushi? Um, I just like a good, like a good tuna roll. Like tuna... Spicy tuna, tuna, or eel and avocado roll, mm. yellowtail, hamachi. Oh, oh like my God, I'm getting so hungry. When it melts in your mouth. Tuntaki, it's so good. That's what okay, anal so sex can Okay, so anal sex can melt in your mouth. It's true. <laughs> but people say, another day, speaking of melting in your mouth, it's too dirty, it's messy, it's painful to be sexy, people think. But, you know, no, it can be, you know, there's poop in there. They think, oh, it can't be sexy, but we're going to yeah. tell them how it can be. Anal sex is only for gay men. And if you like it, that means that you're gay. People say that too. Not true. You're a straight man. 
I am. You identify straight. I identify straight. And um, and you like anal play in your in your anal. I like S- it. Anus. Uh, Oh, with my partners or with myself. So for me, it's a it, it's a it's an area that has so many nerve endings, and it can be so like we said, taboo and arousing and pleasurable that we might as well explore to see if we have compatibility with our partners exactly. from that area. And this whole idea that it's dirty or unhygienic. I mean, look, when we take a shower, when we cleanse ourselves, when we do a little bit of prep work, I mean, that's how our bodies work, and we can you know freshen them up to a. a, a, a in my opinion, to a place where we can feel really good about the sexual experiences and the and the the sense and the tastes and the touches that we have. Right. But how did you get into it? How did you like the first time you tried it? Were you with a partner or did you with your own anus? Oh, because a lot of for men. Myself or for, yeah, with, because with I'm always. Partner? Well, it doesn't. However, you first because a lot of men that I think that's the biggest thing I hear is guys are like, well, now I feel like men are starting to say, I'm kind of curious, but I'm not really sure what to do. Um, you know, like, and all the things that like, doesn't make it be gay, but, I, but you know, they don't know how to even stimulate themselves. Right. So, I mean, I know you're a sex educator and doctor and all that. But. You, you know, for myself, it was about a partner who just was moseying on around that area and just like started grazing in that, in that region with their finger. And I thought, you know, there, there was like a conflict I was experiencing. It was like, wow, that feels really good, but whoa, that's not like what I'm supposed to be feeling or right. I shouldn't be liking that. So I'm going back and forth kind of in my head and you're kind of like, yes, more, no, please stop. And yes, no, more, please stop, you know? Right. <laughs> and I just found that, you know, once you get comfortable with somebody and you want them. Was to, it a finger the first time? Uh, it, no, it wasn't even inside. It was just on the outside. Oh, right. The outside. Cause there are so many nerve endings. It can feel really good. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, a lot of uh, women will, you know, play with your balls and they'll kind of like go a little bit South and then start playing with your perineum. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that does feel kind of good. And, and then there's just like this accidental graze on the anus. And then you're like. Uh, you could do that again if you want, right. but you don't know how to say it because you're, right. you're like, right? Because people don't know how to communicate. So what did you say? You're like, do that again. Not the first time. No, I didn't no. say anything. I just like put it in the memory box. Right. You're like, oh, check. Yeah. Okay. And Good. Then, and then as we got, you know, we we got more educated and more exper- experienced. Like all of a sudden we realized, oh, there can be like a communication about this, or we can incorporate some lube, or we can actually like involve this and enjoy it. So it's 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 a process. I know a lot of people listening. That first step is the hardest one. And just being able to acknowledge it within yourself that this is a place where I can venture to explore. Exactly, men and women. It's true because a lot of women think that, you know, they don't like, you know, they think they don't like anal sex. They would never like it or maybe they had a bad experience or it was really, really painful. Yeah, there's a lot of bad experiences. I know, first first time time. and they write it off forever because, you know, you didn't use lube. You weren't warmed up. Someone just shoved it in. Like, no, that's that's not good. That's why today we're going to tell you how to do it the right way. Do you want to hear about my first uh, experience on me? Oh, yeah. So... Uh, I, I was always fascinated by it with my first college girlfriend and you know, she would allow me to try and I didn't know what I was on her. doing on her. Okay. I had no clue what I was doing. I was the, uh, I mean, literally I was just put, put a dunce hat on me. I was the most uneducated wor- like worst anal sex right. experience ever. <laughs> and I'm sure so, a lot of women cannot relate to what you're saying right now. Right. And I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I cared about her. I loved her. I didn't want to hurt her, but I didn't know I needed lube. So we would oh, try these ouch. things with, hands or body parts penises and no lube was involved and just i could only imagine the awful experience that she was having and it was just the two of us not knowing what we were doing right she didn't know to, to recommend it i didn't know what to recommend how would you it. know then right so once we were taking a shower and she was always a trooper she was always like trying and trying and we just never could get you know it couldn't emulate like what i'd see in porn and all of a sudden we're in the shower and she was such a passive submissive sweet sweet girl and wish she got this like rage inside of her as we were taking a shower together wow. she took her finger and she just jammed it up inside of me and i was literally plastered up against the tile and i was just like my hands were spread and i was like what the you know what the hell what? are you doing i was like under her total control i couldn't move i was like and she says now you know how it feels oh my god and i was like whoa that's awful so we didn't do it again wow. after that. Wow, no, she did that just to show you, wow, she didn't anger. Know. Yeah, she had That's a lot That's the way to show up. you, and it hurt, right? You go, anyone goes right in like that. When oh, you're it hurt. hurt like, oh. Dude, worst pain that's a life. good story. And then is that what turned you into a sex doctor? You're like, I want to get this right. I don't want to finger up my ass <laughs> when I don't know. That, um, okay, so let's talk about how to prep. What did you say? <laughs> did you pick up with her? That's kind of killer. Like, that's just like, that's like a drunken thing. She was like in the shower, premeditated, like, I'm yeah. going to stick this finger in your butt. Wow. Yeah. Because so. how would you know? Yeah, guys don't think about that. And women. We don't know. We don't know. We but, don't know. But, but that's ta- what we're here to tell everyone. But it taught me a lot. Like, she wasn't able to communicate that it was painful, and I wasn't able to How ask could, those right, questions. Right. And We've so all been there. That was like our non-use of words to say, this hurts, and let's, like, take a break. Let's <laughs> right. stop. Because you kept trying. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I didn't know it was painful. Isn't it funny that when we, I mean, I've been there too. Things have hurt. I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, we're in pain. But that's why mm-hmm. you should always speak up if you're in pain. And 
we're not in pain. You should speak up about everything about sex, which is what we talk a lot about in the show. So let's talk about the preparation, getting ready for anal sex. So people are like, is it dirty? Like, how do I wash that area? Do I need to, you know, do an enema, like clear the runway? Like, what, what do you recommend? Like I say, you could do an enema if you wanted to. You know, you could. But it's you not couldn't. necessary. You know, it's almost like some people say, well, I have to have a partner who takes a shower before we have sex. And some people are like, I don't really care. Like, I like the way you smell. And, you know, it's a little bit of the day has gone by. Like, I'm okay with it. So everybody's got their own sort of hygienic needs. That's true. But it should be talked about. We should get to know our partner's hygiene needs. And if if playing in the anus or playing in the rectum is is part of, like, your desires, you want to bring that up and just find out, like, where how far should we go? Because we can make it squeaky, squeaky clean. Or we can just sort of ride the wave of in the moment and just acknowledge that it might get a little dirty it might get a little messy but that could be okay right because sex is messy sex can be messy it's okay but you know just if you just want to do the basics you can just shower clean your genitals beforehand um use non-irritating soap stick Mm -hmm. a little finger inside rinse you know just do that so i don't think that you yeah exactly case by case basis decide how you feel about it and um stick up for that um safety first condoms Mm -hmm. and very important uh, clean and trim. <laughs> Hernando, you let me know that you trimmed your fingernails. Keith, I think you thought we were having anal. I, I didn't know if this would be an experiential. Right. Maybe. Yeah. We just started, so we'll see. So clean and trim <laughs> fingernails, very important. Because we always think you should start with the finger. Yeah. And and one mistake I made today is I didn't file my nails. I, I just, know, I dude, I'm them. sorry. I was going to do it, but you didn't file. Damn, Damn. you. Ah. Um, our most important uh, starring role is lube. Yes. Besides your finger penis or toys lube it makes any sexual experience more pleasurable i just you know how i feel about lube the wetter the better um and the anal canal not self-lubricating like the the vagina can self will self-lubricate the anus will not like you like non-negotiable you need lube during sex but which lube is the best you know i I found out how dry it was back in college and i never never forgot that never forgot it and we've got, I think, you and I were having a great discussion earlier about um, what can we do to help line that rectum. Yes, and let's I, talk about it. Want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. You show me some, Hernando. Oh my God, we we took some videos. I'm gonna save the ones on Snapchat. But like, he came in here with a huge box of sex toys, of butt plugs, <laughs> and he was like, "What? What did you say? You're like, what if I got hit walking across the street and butt plugs went like flying across Santa Monica Boulevard? And would've that would have been hilarious. All over Hollywood. I would have laughed. I mean, I would have saved you. I would have come save you, but then I would have just had to take pictures of the butt. <laughs> plugs but you brought some cool stuff should we talk about some of the stuff happening with lube sure sure you know uh so as you were saying you know the (laughs) the rectum doesn't self-lubricate like the vagina does so we've got to take into consideration that the inside of the of of during anal sex of the rectum is totally dry and that's where a lot of pain comes from people um so what are we going to do about that you know sometimes i something I call the squeegee effect is what a lot of people will do. And, and it's, it's one way to try to lubricate the rectum, but it actually sometimes works against us or it doesn't work very well. And what I mean by that is imagine the person putting all this lubrication on the penis, you know, or on the dildo or the toy, and they're going to have anal and they just like sort of insert it. And the, the anus itself, because it's, it's closed and tight, actually it like squeegees a lot of that lube off. Right. So you're kind of inserting inside with very little lube. Right. Um, but you think you put a lot of lube on. Right, because you did. But it's, it's on the outside right. or most of it. Right. So now we have what? We have the lube shooter. Lube shooter, Do yeah. you recommend the lube shooter? I, I love them. I think they're really valuable, but it's not very sexy, especially if it's like a hookup or someone you're just sort of getting you know, right. intimate it, with. It literally looks like a, a water gun, but you it, shoot the, or like a shot. Like a syringe. Like, like a, a syringe, yeah, right. You fill it up with lube and you sort of insert shoot it your gently, butt. Right. shoot inside. Okay. But they have these new products. Um, they have these new, like, like a, a gel sort of silicone capsules that you insert inside of the rectum and they actually dissolve. It takes about 15 to 30 minutes and it, it dissolves. Just keeps dissolving in the, along. that's really brilliant. It's, it's like a lube suppository. I think it's brilliant. You could use it for vaginal, but I think it's really beneficial for, for You could use it for vaginal as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, that makes sense too. Cause it's true. The, yeah, you, the lube, you gotta always, you gotta reapply. Don't be ashamed to reapply. Lube on every nightstand. Emily, what do you think about water-based versus silicone? Um, for anal or for anything uh, in life. I like them both. It depends what I'm doing. I like hybrid too. Um, but I like, I like silicone if you're using like skin condoms, which are poly supreme, you don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. as much. Silicone lasts longer. It's slippier, 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 slippy. Is it slippy? Slippy. S- slippy. Um, and lasts longer <laughs> and you know, it could be a little harder to clean up, but I like it for anal, yeah. but yeah. What about you? Um, I, I, I like silicone for anal for sure because it definitely, because the, the water-based absorbs more in the rectum because it is a water absorption canal. 
Um, so it, it, it will run out over time. So if you are a person who lasts longer or if it's kind of like, you know, it could dry up a little bit inside there, um, whereas the silicone would last a, a bit more. Personally, I've, I've always liked um, a, a combination of different ones, but I'm, I'm kind of on the, this Wicked uh, Ultra Kick. That's like my okay. favorite lube right now um, for anal. And then for if a, a partner is comfortable with vaginal silicone use, um, I like Uber Lube these days. Yeah, so I like Uber Lube. I like yeah. Joe Lube. I like Joe. They make a bunch of different kinds of them. Yeah, it's great lube too. Yeah, like hybrids. Oh my God, they send us so much lube. I'm going to send you home with some lube. I uh, appreciate that. How about Thank that? You. And yes. um, about plug. Oh, we did. We gave, you, we gave you the, uh, the Black Pearl. Yes. The yeah. Vipotex, yeah. So you're going to try that tonight and give your, me a call. Give me be your guinea pig. Um, but let's talk about all the tension we carry in our butt and why why that's important to relax. Like We walk around with tension in our butt. Mm-hmm. We do. And we don't breathe. We don't relax. And when, when we don't take breaths, I mean, that's a lot of times we tense up. We're nervous. It's like someone's going in your anus for the first time or it could be right. the 10th time. We're still going to tense up if you're not sure. So you've got to really remember to like to breathe. Right. And to like massage the anus and to like work up the, like don't just go right for it. Even if you've got the lube, you've got the condoms, you got to still work it like foreplay, pre-anal foreplay. Very important. And it helps to be aroused. It helps if you're aroused beforehand, have a few, you know, orgasms beforehand. That, oh, that's one of the best. The, right? The, the muscular release of, of orgasm really relaxes people's butts. I mean, that's a wonderful way to get that sphincter muscle to just sort of like calm down and maybe right. be a little more inviting and exactly open their arms up and give us a big hug exactly <laughs> hug by your sphincter sphincter yeah it sounds like well, what a lot of people don't realize that our sphincters we've got the internal and the external so the outer and the inner sphincter and so you know we can control the outer one that's the one that we can like squeeze and wink and right. pucker and, and <laughs> i always wink people with my sphincter it's oh, weird, yeah. are you an anal winker yeah i am it's one on one scale i can't wink really like i literally don't know how to wink with my eyes but i can wink with my ass it's weird that's all that matters yeah um, you got to pick one or the other. Right. You got the right one. Thanks. Um, no, but what were you saying? The internal, and you can't control it. That one's a control right. by it's an area of the brain that is is uh, uh, involuntary. And so we have to use anxiety reduction, breathing, calmness. Uh, we have to be in a state that that is uh, of low anxiety for that to relax. So when we're nervous and afraid or uncomfortable, it's not going to be a good situation exactly. for that internal sphincter. Exactly. The internal sphincter, right? You got to treat it well. So, okay, let's just talk about like starting off. If you've never had anal, like you want to be comfortable, you want to like, you could try it by yourself, mm-hmm. you know, lube, like use just to start just t- touching the area. And this goes with the with your partner as well. Like if you've never had anal player, you just want to build up to it, put some lube on your finger. They can just gently start to like rub against uh, on the outside mm-hmm. um, of the anus with lots of nerve endings there that can feel great. Um, and make sure again, like, you know, you have lube on your finger and then you might just want to like stick a finger in, see how it feels slowly, slowly work your way up to full penetration. Yeah. Maybe use a butt plug, fingers, toys, uh, penises. Yeah. Work, work your way up to a, you know, fists. Fists. Have you ever fisted someone in the ass? I have not. Nope. How about in their, um, vagina? Uh, no, never received No fisting? Dime. No, just never appealed Did to you me. have to pass that for like, become a sex therapist like in school? Uh, I flunked that class apparently. You did flunk it. I did, I did. I did too. I, was I didn't have to take day. that. It's so true. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about, okay, so we've got Lou. What else do we forget? So just like warming up, work your way up. Even with your partner, like let's try, you know, if you're not comfortable with it and you've never tried it, there's nothing wrong with saying like, I want to go slow. So I want to just feel the sensation. Start with the finger. You might want to start with a little butt plug. You bought some good butt plugs, right? Yeah. What'd you bring? Uh, what do you cu- like? A couple different ones. Like, I think that we should all start off with very, very something very small. And that could be even our mouth or our tongue. Our tongue is something that slips very yeah, easily slip- inside of there, but not everybody's comfortable with that. Right. But it's really gentle, really soft, really lubricated in itself. Um, if you're not comfortable with that, you want to go with the smallest, like, part of your pinky, just or, or even your pinky index finger. Pinky finger is the first one to put in. Just really gentle. And then you can also work with your partner. Like, when they inhale and they... When they're exhaling, right. that's when you insert it just gently with lots of lube. Because as they exhale, that's relaxing the sphincter. That's uh, opening things up just slightly. So like synchronizing your breath or at least paying attention to your partner's breath. Yeah. And even if it's audible, make it audible. Like like yoga class. Yeah. In and out. And, you know, some people want to like have marathon sort of anal sex like they see in porn that first time out. Let's talk about that. You got to just like. Right. It's not like porn. Just take it slow. If, if you if you even get to the outside or just barely a little finger inside and that's the first experience, that could be a wonderful first step. Right. What's the rush? Anus ain't not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Take it slow. It ain't it's going good. out of style. No, 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 no. It's everything. <laughs> the anus is everything. Um, so you got to communicate with your partner. Make sure you communicate. Like, speak up if you're in pain, like Hernando's girlfriend, um, who did not. And again, we get it. Like, it's not easy. But if you're obviously, if you're in pain, 
or you want something feels good, like mm-hmm. let your partner know, like not mind readers, they're not ass readers. Um, you gotta let them know. So how about um, positions? People always think like, you know, it's doggy style only, but that's not always the most comfortable one. You know, that looks good on camera and that might look good for the visual. Let's say if the person's into asses or into backs or whatnot, but um, sometimes, you know, the person who's being inserted should have more of the control with insertion and they should have a little bit more power when it comes to that, uh, process right you know so cowgirl position is good yeah being on top the the bottom if they're being inserted and they're on top they can uh they can either sit down sort of gently they can pull out if they need to they can sort of stop i mean there's just a lot more you know red yellow green kind of ability when it comes right. to, to the red to yellow that. green like stop yellow stop yeah. go traffic light for yeah. they should be driving exactly um spooning 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 is wonderful because um, for a lot of people, they can push back if they are the, the bottom or the receptive person. But also, too, when we're not, you know, our muscles get tense, especially if we're in like doggy or if we're in like a, a cowgirl right. position. Even cowgirl's so, hard. Even regular, even just vaginal really sex. I'm like exhausted. I know it's like yeah. hot. Whatever. I don't love a cowgirl. But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say it here. Don't love cowgirl. And for anal, it seems hard, too. Yeah. But I know that, that people like it and they can do it. That's fine. Wow. So I learned a lot about you today. What you else you do don't I like cowgirl. I don't love 69 either. Don't like 69 either? No. Because I'm ADD. Either I want to give or receive. Mm, but I actually have had some... That, you know what? I'm going to take that back because for so long I've said that. I'm getting to to like... See, I, I've had a few good instance, instances with 69 where I was like, mm, yeah, it's not my favorite, but now that we're just talking, now that I'm being honest and open. You know, if it's a five-course meal, it, maybe we can make it one of the courses. Yeah, exactly. Because variety, like you got to have something that mm-hmm. you just try, you know, that you every once in a while, like haven't done this in a while. And then when I do it, like it's not like I want to do it every day. But cowgirl too, same thing. I'm like, oh, it's exactly, like I'll do anything. I, I'll do yeah. it. But anyway, with anal, yes. But you do but, have more control because you're lowering down, going up. And you know, we don't mm-hmm. always talk about this too, but, but guys also experience that as well too. I mean, when you're on top missionary, it might feel, a lot of women do like that. And they, you know, they're in the submissive sort of experience. I know, and, I like that. and it's comfortable because you're relaxed and it's like, we're supporting our entire weight with our arms. I know. Is it so hard? It's kicking and you're thrusting. So you've got like, everything's like shaking. I mean, right. sometimes guys will sweat on you. Sometimes guys like arms start to like, you know, spasm. It's That's just, true. Would you, what's your favorite position for a girl and woman on top? Uh, you know, it depends. Depends, it, right? There's depends. not like a favorite. I, I mean, I like it all. I, don't get me wrong. Just mix it all up. But uh, I do love doggy because of that beautiful, you know, backside of a right? partner. He's doing the ass again. But uh, the yeah. beautiful buttocks. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. But I do love missionary too, or at least even a woman on top because uh, I like the face to face. Right. Like I like her. to look in someone's eyes. I like eyes. woman on top too. Yeah. I can rock woman on top. Yeah, I, I got once, that no problem. I once had an ex-girlfriend who said that, uh, you know, one of her biggest like cutoffs when it came to sex was like partners that didn't want to look them in the eye. Like, oh, huge I, yes, this is huge. I agree. There's a lot of, yeah, they won't look in the eye. And then when they do, it's like they get all freaked out. But yeah, it's not like I want to have a staring contest the whole time, but I want to make like an intimate, to me, that's intimacy. But some people just want to go into like the trance mode during sex where they're checked out, but it doesn't right. mean that they're not connected. Right. But I just want a second like eye contact. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that that's the difference between, I think, uh, like, the roboticness of sex or sort of like the behavioral sort of animalistic side of sex and also the intimate side, you know, it's intimacy. Look yeah. in someone's eyes. It's a real shit. It's it a real is. deal. Um, especially when we're butt naked looking in someone's eyes. Do you have a deal breaker? Vulnerable. Like for a woman, like if something happens that you're like, eh, I'm out, if she won't blank stick a finger in your ass besides that. Oh, I don't want to say that a deal breaker, but something that like, you're just, Oh, that doesn't make me feel good. Or sexual connected. or relational? I guess anything. I mean, if she hits me, I'm out. <laughs> okay, you don't want a physical abuse. Got it. How about sexually? Sexually. Um, I know we're PC, was, but you know go. Was, okay, we are PC, but. But. <laughs> so this goes. This is a little something that goes out to my uh, a porn friend. Her name is August Ames. We were talking about this, and we were talking about starfish. Uh, do you know what a, a starfish is? Yes. So it's, it's somebody you, have, you sleep with, and they're just like laying on the bed, and they're just like spread out. Yes, but there's yes, like no yes, yes. There's no move, right. movement. There's no verbal. There's no breathing. Right. There's just like it, like you're almost like you want to tap them and say, right, oh, are you live? Are you, right. Are you here? Are you live? <laughs> right. So I once dated this woman who was so beautiful and so sweet and so wonderful, and then when we were sexual, it was inc- like it was she was like a mannequin, and I felt and it just I, I was losing like my. She just like lied there. Do you think she had like some trauma or something? Or I don't know. And I yeah. So I, it, that was. She just did you say anything? Like, are you enjoying this? Are you? I, do you tr- I tried bringing it up. This was kind of later on in my life where I, I felt like a like a better communicator and a little more mature. And she didn't take it very well. Like it was kind of offensive. She was. How would you? Yeah. I was like thirty five. She was like twenty one. Right. <laughs> right. She was. Maybe didn't have as much experience. 
yeah, and, and I was very happy to work with it, but, uh, uh, you know, the more we connected, the more we could sort of... Right. No, it's true. We all want to know that we're, like, doing okay and checking, well, especially mentally, and you want to check yeah. in with your partner, make sure everything's a good time. I do kind of hate saying that because it makes me sound like I'm so superficial, but it, it was just... It, it well, no, really you were disconnect well, sexually. because you don't know if she's even enjoying it, participating. She probably wasn't making any noise. She probably wasn't, clearly. So, okay, good to know. Um, let's talk a little about a little bit about sex toys. We talked about butt plugs you brought. We have vibrating anal toys. There's the Black Pro by Vibratex, made of high-quality silicone. There's anal beads. What mm-hmm. do you think about anal beads? You know, they've come oh, a long butt way. butt plugs, too. Yeah? They've got, anal it, beads have come a long come way. They've come a long 2016. way. 2016. Tell me how so there, Hernando. You know, back in Dr. the old... Dr. Chavez. Back in the old days, back there in were the like old these days. little circular balls with like yarn or string that <laughs> right, was like exactly. attached to like, Grandmothers it. were putting them together in the <laughs> sweatshops in China. Okay. <laughs> But now, oh, but now they're like made of like high grade silicone and there's just a lot more of variety and, and they're sturdier. You know, before they were like dangling beads. Yeah, like right. A, like, they really were like a necklace that could oh, break off in your butt. Grandma's pearl necklace. Yeah. Awful. Uh, Don't yeah. do that. Don't use anything that's not meant for your anus and your anus. We should talk about that. Definitely. Um, so you know, what about butt plugs? What's your favorite butt plug these days? Ooh, ba- favorite you can talk plug. about whatever. You know, which one I like these days is uh, the B vibe. It's the only butt plug that has a rotating beads around the anus. Oh, okay. So a lot of them it's vibrate ro- inside. Yeah. But, uh, I've so, heard about this. I haven't tried it yet. So have you tried the, the rabbit? The rabbit? The classic rabbit. Like, of course. Okay, so you know how they have like, Dude, the I was born with shape. the rabbit in my mouth. <laughs> like, I was like, born with a silver rabbit in my mouth. you got a bunny farm at home. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but you know what? The rotating center yes. portion? Imagine that now is on oh, the sphincter. Oh, that's interesting. It's so. An, and so it's a longer... It has I've never seen a butt plug with like bells and whistles says such. Oh wow. Oh, have you used this? Did you use not this the, one? Not this one. No, no. Remember I told you I always have two oh. and then one. Oh, one's interesting. For me, one's for, so see how that's oh, rotating. Oh, so this for your sphincter. So that's where most of our nerve endings are, anyways. So it actually feels wow. really, really good. But it's it. So that's high. That's on kind of high. But you can I make mean, it lower. that's a party in your butt. And then, so there's three motors, one in the tip, one in the... the wow. The, you keep this is new, it. right? Yeah, it just came out maybe six months ago. That's really cool. Nice, nice showing there. So yeah, it looks a, like a little gnome. A little gnome. I like it. That's cool. Now, that's a bigger butt plug. Like, what about just a beginner one? They have they have a small, medium, large. This is large. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of anal trainer kits out there. Anal, there are anal trainer t- kits. So those are great I think we have some people. on our website. Go to our, the website, sexwithemily.com. Click on the shopping thing, shopping banner. Okay, um, not all toys can be anal toys. Let's just say you need a flared tip. So don't put it in your butt. That's not flared because then you'll end up in the hospital. Yes. And they have to pull it out. You don't want to be that person. It's a good story though, but um, like 20 years from now. It but is. you don't want to be that person. Okay, so um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be uh, answering your emails. we got some more anal talk. we got just regular sex talk. It's a good time. Thank you, Hernando. We'll be right back. By now, you all know me pretty well. You know I love new experiences, but I have my favorite things that I always come back to because I know I can trust them. I can't think of a better example than the magic wand. If you've been listening, you might remember that I actually had a hole drilled in my nightstand, so my magic wand was always plugged in and ready right when I needed it. That's a pretty big commitment. And I thought it was pretty ingenious. But anyway, before you go destroying your furniture, consider this. The trusted magic wand is now available in a rechargeable version, delivering all that power of the original plus the mobility of a completely cordless design. The Magic Wand Rechargeable also features four intensity levels and four great vibration patterns. For more than 30 years, a trusted Magic Wand from Vibratex has been just about everyone's go-to massager, from its perfect size to the high-quality construction and materials. It's no wonder why the Magic Wand is considered the Cadillac of all vibrators. If you don't own one yet, don't live without the Magic Wand another day. And if you do own one, you need to try the rechargeable. Go to sexwithemily.com and click on the Magic Wand banner to order yours. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening and supporting our sponsors. Thank you, Hernando, for being our sponsors. Sometimes I make weird noises. Um, Dr. Chavez, wonderful to have you here. And thank you, everybody, for emailing me feedback at sexwithemily.com with your questions, including your name, how you listen, your age, where you live, social security number, credit card just kidding (laughs) that's what we want also you can um also leave us a voicemail which we love we've got a whole voicemail thing going on 818 ask swe1 or 818-275-7931 leave us a voicemail message or you can ask your questions straight from the website there's a pull down menu just ask emily do that 
Um, we love it. We're doing some more voicemail shows, which is fun to like hear. I'm like, oh, it's so fun. Get to hear. We've done a few of them, so it's great. Um, okay, so Hernando, how do you feel about answering some questions from the people here? Let's do it. Q&A. I love it. Okay. Hi, Emily. It's been a while since I found your podcasts, and I am secretly surprised of how easy it is for you and your guests to talk so openly and bubbly about stuff that are still considered taboo in some parts of the world. I'm a 28-year-old female, and I probably could call myself a late bloomer because I'm in my first relationship, and we've been together for only one year. My boyfriend, just like many others, is fascinated with anal and have already tried it once before we were together. He is really keen to do it with me. I do want to make him happy, and secretly I am curious about it, but I'm really scared to try it for the first time. I think what scares me the most is the fact that it will hurt. It will be dirty afterwards, and in case he likes it, um, and in case he likes it, he won't enjoy our regular sex as much anymore. I think all I need is some pointers for courage. Sincerely, Veronica from Latvia. Amazing! Wow, that's far. Wow, away. I don't know. If we've got emails from Latvia. Hello, we're so honored to hear from you. She listens on her phone app. Okay, really good question. So, what would you say? She, what if she was in your office here, Veronica? She wants. So I get it though. She wants to do it. It's her first boyfriend. She's nervous, like a lot of things we just talked about. It's okay that you're nervous. A lot of people are nervous the first time. So get some lube. Talk to your partner and let them know that you're nervous, but you want to try it. Start slow. Like we said, you can start with the finger. Don't have to rush right into anal. What else, Fernando? You know, what would you hear in this as a therapist? I agree with you completely. And then I'm going to add a little bit more of the clinical piece right there. Because what she's really talking about is anxiety. And when we have anxiety, we need to face our anxiety. We clench our butt. Too many, too many people, they, they uh, distance themselves from what, what they're fearful of or what worries them or what they're nervous about. And so anxiety reduction really does mean facing it. Um, and so what you're describing is one of the ways we can, a number of the ways we can face it experientially. And I'm also wondering, can people also face this, these anxieties on their own as well too? Whether it's listening to your podcast, whether it's reading a few books like Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex by Tristan Terramino or watching a couple sex ed videos that you can download online like Ava Cadell's Anal Pleasure uh, for Women or Jessica Drake's you know, Guide to Wicked Sex for Anal Play. You know, there's so many ways that we can learn, and right. then, and then we feel like a, a sense of mastery over that anxiety. Like it doesn't have it's the hold on me because I now have like challenged it and I've overcome it. So I get educated in addition to starting slow and what you described. No, that's great. You're right. Get some more information on it and visuals. That's great. Those are great visuals. Ava Cadell and um, who else did you say? Uh, Jessica. Drake. Jessica Drake. Yep, she's great. So that's that's great. Do you want to watch it? Like it's not porn, which is not how yeah. you should watch it. But these are actually educational yeah. videos. That's a great idea. Um, What's nice too is that, you know, sometimes you have questions where it's like, my boyfriend wants to try this. And there's like this sort of aura of pressure, like it's coming from someone else. Like, how do I get my girl to do this? And and we've got to get, get, move away from that. I know. It's got to be something that we could be willing to talk about and and explore, but it shouldn't feel like it's a pressure or like an expectation that's, that's becoming like a stressor in our relationship. Exactly. Right. We don't want to become a stressor. And so I feel like you guys have to be in this together. That's why I tell Veronica too. Like, it's not like, I mean, I love that you're emailing and talking to us about it, but I think that you got to be honest with him. Like, he knows you haven't done it. You, he's not expecting you to be, like, the anal queen. Mm-hmm. So you can just tell him what you heard. You guys can listen to this together. Hi, Veronica's boyfriend. Um, you want to, you know, just make sure that you guys, you both take it slow, that you communicate, that you breathe, mm-hmm. and that you, you know, do all the things that we said earlier. And, um, and you know, she's worried it's going to be dirty afterwards. So what? Mm-hmm. It might be dirty. Sex is, can be dirty. Mm-hmm. That's you know, part of it. And and if, okay. she, if she decides to, let's say, read those books or watch those videos, they will talk about the idea of, of using an enema or a water bulb to help cleanse ourselves beforehand, right. um, which we, we only should use water. We shouldn't be using any of the saline. Yeah, solutions. don't you? Right. If you get an enema in the store or something, mm-hmm. take out the saline and just use water. That's a very good point. I'm glad really, you said that. You could cleanse yourself out and all of a sudden you can take away that whole you know fear of, 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 of you know poop being a part of this experience and you can really reduce it to where it's almost non-existent, you know, Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do some of that ahead of time and just like be really honest with your partner and keep talking, Veronica. Thank yeah. you for emailing. Okay, another email. Emily, I have always had a pegging fantasy. I finally brought it up a couple months ago to my girl and she eventually started sticking her finger at my back door whenever we made love. Now, whenever I'm turned on and there is nothing back there, I can't seem to perform. I heard it's possible to have your desire move from your penis to your anus. Is this true? Is there any way to move my desire back? Please help. Thanks, Joey, age 24, Iowa. So I'm glad you brought up. So pegging, for people who don't know, is, would you describe pegging in your clinical sense? 
We didn't get to that in our anal, so we're just, I knew we'd cover it in the email. This is a perfect question because we, right. we hadn't gotten We did not yet. get to Pangle because I wanted to bring yeah. up, I knew this. Pegging, one of the fastest growing heterosexual uh, behaviors that people are experiencing in couples and, and, uh, and groups. Um, I find that there's a lot of fear, a lot of hangups, um, but the, to me this is, I think, a, the evolution of what I, what I perceive as like equalitative, egalitative uh, feminist sexuality, which is we're all sort of on equal playing fields and we're both experiencing giving and receiving pleasure in, in similar ways. You know, everybody receiving and giving oral, everybody receiving and giving sort of kisses or intimacy right. or foreplay. And so this is the natural progression of, I think, how sex, you know, in, in an evolved state is. And so it's really nice to hear, uh, you know, him being open to it, her being uh, uh, excited about it as well. And there's a lot of great um, information on on pegging these days. There's a, a great podcast by Ruby Ryder called Pegging Paradise that they can also download. Good podcast. There's about like it. 200 episodes about pegging. Wow, that's a lot. Great uh, starter kits as well. Um, Sports Sheets is one of my favorites with their uh, pegging oh, yeah. training kits. They have a great one. Yeah, exactly. So the woman wears like a dildo strap on, mm-hmm. and she can she pegs him, penetrates yeah. her partner. Right. Okay. So let's go back to the question. I just wanted to cover that. So Joey, his thinks though, he's afraid that she, she, he told his girlfriend about the pegging fantasy. Right. She used a finger and now he thinks when there's not a finger there, he can't perform. He can't get turned on. And he, he thinks his desire moved from his, his penis to his anus. What would you say about that? Well, I think that um, our desires and our fantasies and our and what feels good to us, there's a lot of ebb and flow. I, I find that you know there is people will shift, kind of like we talked earlier about, you know, sometimes sixty nine and then other times not. Right. And, and so I think he should embrace it. I think that it's he's part- getting too tripped up on it, maybe. Yeah, he's getting caught up. Like, is this going to be me, my only way? But I think that sometimes we narrow our arousal when we're excited about something, and then we sort of expand our arousals when we, you know, want to add other things into our sexual repertoire. So I would go with it. I would embrace it. And guess what? He may actually experience more mind-blowing orgasms or more heightened sensitivity or pleasure if he actually sort of succumbed to this idea of playing with his prostate or playing right. with his ass. On his own, and too. And allowing it. Yeah. He could do some um, master- masturbating on his own, playing with his prostate. How would you How would you guide the straight man to playing with it if he's never put a finger in there and never tried anything? Never tried anything? Never tried anything. You know you know the, the vibrating bullets that we have? Um, yeah. I always encourage people to start with those and don't put it inside. Obviously, it doesn't have don't a Don't put it inside, tip. right. But play with the outside of your anus and put with a little, the vibration, just a little bit of lube, and see what that feels like. Because sometimes for men, it's hard to put your own finger in that region when yeah. you're masturbating with the other hand. It's kind of like when you're uh, tapping the top of your head and rubbing your stomach. In I a still circular. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a uh, so it's nice to just experience sensation down there while you're also pleasuring your penis, like most men typically do. Um, and so I, I find that. Once we sort of feel that and acknowledge that that feels good and that can feel uh, wonderful, then we start looking at things like toys and maybe mm-hmm. something we can insert or something that can, you know, take it to the next level because there's a lot of levels we can take this to. So Joey could just get a, get a bullet, a vibe or something, something, just play with it on his own. I think he could do that, but he also has to stop worrying that... Um, that there's something wrong with him. There's nothing wrong there's with nothing him. There's nothing wrong with you. The, the, yeah. when you the, the first thing is to stop worrying that there's something wrong with you and to get out of your head. Just you know, ride, exactly. ride the fine. wave. Ride you the know, wave, ride the pleasure wave. No surfer is worried about crashing or, or you know, uh, uh, wipeouts. He's he's riding the wave. Riding the wave, man. He's enjoying the exactly. ride. It's <laughs> so California. It's like um, we're stoned. <laughs> I wish. So, Joey. Okay, thanks, Joey. I think um, that's good advice. Okay, we'll do another email here. Hi, Emily. 15 years ago, I was in what was building into the perfect love story. I had the guy that listened to everything I said and would even give me sound advice. I was completely comfortable with him. However, I come from a family background that found deeply unmixed couples and I made the worst mistake ever. I put what my family approved of over what my heart wanted. Fast forward two years, I met the man that is now my husband. I love him and have had for the past 12 years, but it's not the same love I felt for the other man. For 14 years, I've kept the feelings bottled, but it's now it's out. My husband knows that I love the other man and I hate that he now feels like he is the second choice. Both my husband and the other man are open to a polyamorous relationship, but I feel it's getting difficult fast. First, not everyone is in the same state. We are across country from each other, so there's the long distance relationship factor. There's the fact that my husband is jealous and his insecurity with his ED doesn't help him either. Plus, I know when he finds another woman to have a relationship with, I'm going to get jealous because he will get to see her when he feels like it and I won't be able to do the same. I love them both. I want this to work for everyone and rise above the jealousy and insecurities. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Rachel. Wow, there's a lot going on in there. Okay, so Rachel, she had a guy that she loved 15 years ago, broke up with him because it was a mixed couple, parents 
weren't down with that has a husband now for 12 years still loves the other guy her husband's cool with an open relationship her husband also has ed and um she's future tripping that when he's her husband does find someone that she's going to be jealous which she might be which people have to deal with but then also that he could find someone local because the guy she loves is long distance so there's a lot going on here in her head here so um I do think that y'all need to rise above the jealousy. I want to rise above the jealousy and security. So yeah, you you counsel a lot of polyamorous couples. Where would you start with this one, Hernando? Yeah, um, for uh, ooh, there's a lot there to, to go with. Um, first off, if they if the desire is to want to open things up in the relationship, I think you have to get educated and knowledgeable about what non-monogamy is, and then we start getting into the the feelings and emotions that come up, like jealousy or compersion or new relationship energy or. Um, the fears and insecurities or the emotions that are involved. Um, to start off, I think that each person, if they're ever going to go into a non-monogamous relationship and you're, you're beginning that process, read The Ethical Slut first. Ethical read Slut. Opening Up Second and start with those because both those Those books, are great books. Opening Up by Tristan Termino and The Ethical Slut. Um, right. Definitely. Great books. Uh, because that's going to give you some of the basics, the foundations and the tools to begin to build your, you know, your polyamorous home or your non-monogamous home. People think they can just jump into it. And... You got to build a foundation, and you know, the, I think the myth is that in non-monogamy, they're, they, oh, they're not jealous. No, actually, they have emotions, they have fears, they have everybody does. Um, so they just have learned. Many of them have learned to both face them to process them, to communicate them with their partners, to work through them. Um, it, you know, the, the myth is that people are just like all honky-dory. Right, they're like, exactly. so happy. I get to bang this person, see for this person, and I don't yeah. mind at all. Yeah. You know, and, and it takes a lot of communication. I mean, if you think two people in a relationship is tough to communicate, imagine when there's three, four, five people. Um, so you have to put a lot of time and effort into communicating with each partner. You know, what I'm hearing also, too, is there's also the component in, in this, in Rachel's question, about uh, a sexual concern. I heard ED mm-hmm. in there as well. And that's something that brings up a lot of insecurity and inferiority complexes within men. And so my guess would be that that would also be a stressor and an and anxiety for that gentleman mm-hmm. too. So there's going to be multiple things. She's going to be worried about her primary partner. She's going to be worried about opening up. There's also going to be the concern from his end. In, in that type of triad, um, there's going to be a need for a lot of expression and communication. And you don't want to you want to create some boundaries and security and measures for security so that you don't sort of continue moving forward when the other person is feeling left out or unhappy or insecure. Right. Cause he's your primary part. He's your husband. He's still gonna be your husband. You're going to mm-hmm. have an affair with this guy who knows or the, the other second private secondary relationship with this guy. But, um, I think you guys have some grass. It seems like there's still a lot to work out before they jump into the, the open part. Yeah. The actual sex part. I think so it seems like, intellectually you guys have had it but you know had the discussion and you're both on the same page it sounds like but maybe some therapy reading these books could help you if you want to go to therapy they are great those are the two standout books yeah and and therapy would be really helpful too because obviously the books aren't going to always address what's happening in your relationship in the moment because there are some specifics in there that are are, are, um you know they're going to need some processing And, and also too this idea of having a third party come in when you may feel like your relationship has uh some some difficulties, like for example, the sexual component. You know, is is she going to now be sexual with this third party individual? And what's the experience of the primary husband if he's not necessarily able to experience that same type of sexual, right. you know, uh, interactions? I mean, there's a lot that's going to come. They're going to have that. to be able to talk about this in a way that's that's productive and yeah. really healthy communication. Okay, good answer. Let's do one more, Hernando. Thank you for helping. Thank you, Rachel. Keep us posted. Good luck, Rachel. Okay. Hi, Emily. I'm a 36-year-old male. I live in Naperville, Illinois, and I listen on Spotify. Your show help me, helps me get through the workday, so thank you. My wife and I have been together for 12 years and married for 10. The first three years of our relationship, we had a lot of amazing sex, after which we had our son, and the sex life went almost non-existent. Over the last three years, we have been working on trying new things, and our sex life is improving. There is one thing that she really wants me to do, but I have a hard time doing it. She really wants me to be noisy and talk dirty during sex, but it feels very forced and unnatural to me. Do you have any suggestions or ways to give her the talk and noises she craves without it feeling forced or unnatural? Thanks for all you do, David36, Illinois. We hear this a lot that men, you know, I always talk about it like guys who don't make any noise at all. I'm like, are they, is there a pulse? Are they alive? Like we all want to hear a little feedback, but he's, you know, she wants to, to say just go from making no noise to being really noisy and talking dirty like that's a lot again that's my partner wants me to kind of questions mm-hmm. which we get a lot of these 
So, um, and it would be unnatural to you, David. You're 36. You've probably been having sex for a while. Never done this before. And so, yeah, start making noise. I mean, I think a lot of guys just don't as naturally make noise. Or is it more that you're repressing it, the noise? Not you, but one as a man. I think it could be a little bit of both. I mean, you know, a lot of times we don't realize, you know, you think of like when you're working out or you think if you're playing sports, there's a lot more like Grunting. expression and yeah. grunting. And, yeah, but and, sex, you're like a second, you guys like shut down. And then sex, you're not. So why is there such why? a... Why? You because know, I, I feel like I make the same noises during like grunt, like working out as I do sex. Like sometimes I'm like, whoa, it sounds like an work. You know what I mean? But guys don't. I think there's, a, for a lot of people, not just guys, I think that, that being witnessed, especially in something so vulnerable and intimate, like being sexual with somebody, there is, it does sort of put us on heightened alert about not sort of letting loose. You know, we right? are kind of self-monitoring to some degree, a lot of people. Um, you know, for that whole idea of talking dirty, uh, it, although I'm, I'm not always for partners saying, I need you to do this, or I want you to do this for me. Um, I do think it's important for us to like accept their input yeah. and try and like, let's just see if this is something I can integrate. I'm glad she let them know. Yeah. It's great communication. So how would you start? You know, when I'm, when I have uh, clients or, or, I love having you here. I'm just asking you. <laughs> I always tell people call the process. You know, you can talk dirty just by calling the play-by-play. Maybe this is the sports side of me, but what's going on in the moment, right. you know? Um, you mind if I call the process and be dirty right now? No, do it. Okay, let's pretend like you and I are having sex. Okay. And what if I started saying, you know, uh, uh. oh, I could feel I could feel my penis. In, I wouldn't say penis. I'll, right. I'll get much more raunchier. Right. I could feel me inside of you. And, oh, it feels so good. And I love the breath that, oh, I love when you're breathing on my neck. Right. And, oh, my God, you look so sexy. And, oh, you're so gorgeous. And look at the curve of your ass. And, oh, my God, you're... Describing what's you're, happening in the moment. The way you're, oh, you're putting your mouth on me and sucking so hard. It just feels amazing. <laughs> now like, I know these are your fantasies. Right. No, exactly. Is that too detailed? No, I love it. <laughs> but do you see I'm just sort of calling yes. what could have been happening, whether it was intercourse, oral, um, you know, connection or intimacy. And so you can sort of start to sexualize that. I also encourage people to practice. Right. You know, I think, on their own. I think that we need to envision like the sexual experiences we've had and how can we also eroticize them verbally um, so that we can sort of get comfortable with that. And whether it's in the shower, whether it's on, you know, in, stuck in traffic, I mean, can we also create a little bit more of like that comfort with being able to talk dirty? Right. And then let's start with things like d- dirty texts or writing on erotic. True. You know, let's practice with this idea of getting comfortable opening up and sort of sharing a lot of our deeper inner innermost sexual desires. Right. That's why sexting is great because when you're sexting someone, you can kind of say things that you want to try or that you've been thinking about that's harder to say face to face, and it could practice it. But like, right. and I get that he's saying it feels forced or natural. They're like, well, she's yeah. asking me for it, and I've never done it, and it will, David, because you've never done it before. But I think those are great suggestions, just like what you're feeling in the moment, like baby, like this is so hot, like yeah. I can't wait. I've been thinking about like, effing you all day, and I want you to, yeah. you know, what I don't know what she, you guys could also like. You could just practice, you know, does she, I wonder if she talks dirty to him and he doesn't respond. Like I wonder, I mean, she could also be, you know, a part of this as well. She should be right. like call and response. And you know, you, you can't, <laughs> you can't also ask your partner too, like what, what, what would be to talking dirty right. to you and just get a little bit of info and input onto like what. Like how, does she have a fantasy around it? Right. Like have you ever talked about her fantasies? Like maybe there's a fantasy that she didn't want to try out. Like maybe she wants to be like, you know, the French maid right. or the school girl. I don't know, but talk to her about it. And then you could play that role and that might be a little easier in a way because you know what she's thinking about mm-hmm. so i think um yeah it's practice what could you watch you could watch some some good porn that's what would a, you recommend that's another great example there's a lot of porn out there that that can emulate that as well too um, yeah just like a dirty talk porn i yeah. think there's everything right um but just know that it's going to feel unnatural and forced and i think starting with sexting finding out a little bit more about what she's into and then also just know that you might laugh you might feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. but like most everything we try the first time we feel uncomfortable because this is a new frontier for you, especially when it comes to sex. And it is embarrassing. It is, but then you get you pass it and it becomes like second nature. Like dirty birds just start flying out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like I can just talk dirty, like you know, whatever. I'm not going to do it right now. Yeah. Um, You're not. But I would. No, I would. I would. But I you know, took I a chance. No, I like it. But it's harder because I don't <laughs> like doing a lot of the. Um, I don't know on the show. Like I try to keep it more as PG as I can. And be like your show is freaking PG. But you know, like. You know. This what's show's the not point? PG. No, it's so not PG. <laughs> We're talking about leave squirters and stuff. But um, yeah, David, you got this. Yeah, but I'm glad you wrote. And think, talk to her, get some more information, practice sexting, all that stuff. Good advice, Fernando. Thank you, Dr. Chavez. This was amazing having you here. This is so fun. We've wanted you. You've been on the show once before, but it was like a while ago. Yep. So you got to come by. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. Did you have a fun time? Always. Okay, good. Um, we can find you, Dr. Hernando Chavez.com. 
where else? Tw- tell me. We, tell, tell me again. Twitter. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is Hernando underscore Chavez. Right. Ends with an S. Love it. Okay. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, Madison and Eddie and Lori and Jamie, my awesome team. You have and, a great um, team. I love them. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I get a lot of emails looking for advice on just about everything, but I'm always excited to get questions that I can offer a definitive solution to. Although some of you are embarrassed to write me about lasting longer in bed, you should know it's way more common than you think. And there is a clinically proven solution, Promescent. Promescent is a quickly absorbing delay spray that was developed by urologists to address issues with premature ejaculation or PE. Make no mistake, this is not the old-fashioned delay spray that leaves you and your partner numb. It still allows your maximum sensation without any transfer to your partner. The makers of Promescent have been dedicated to helping men for years now, and they've taken the product through rounds of clinical tests that have proven its effectiveness. It is FDA-compliant and has been endorsed by a host of medical professionals. Promescent is the real deal. Even if you don't always experience PE, Promescent can help you and your partner experience longer-lasting sex, boost your confidence, and eliminate performance anxiety. Try it for yourself and see. Promescent is available without a prescription from a variety of retailers. For more information or to order, go to sexwithemily.com and click on the Promescent banner.